the morning, my friends. How are you today? Welcome to St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast. The only podcast that comes in six fun, fruity flavors to find in each episode. Raspberry red, lemony lemon, orangey orange, wildberry blue, grapey purple, and watermelon. Just don't pour milk on your computer or your phone. If you're moved by the Spirit by what you hear today, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend. Share it with a stranger. Share it with the guy who cut in front of you in the checkout line. Today's sermon is titled, Certainty. It's based on a reading from Matthew, chapter 41 through 45. Let's read it together. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared ask him any more questions. May we all be blessed by the Spirit through today's meditation. Ever thought about it? We live largely by assumption. We assume we're going to drive to work without losing our life. We assume while in the fields, terrible injury or death will not happen to us. We assume when we become ill, we are more than likely not to die from the illness. We assume that we are good, righteous people and tell ourselves so. We assume we can figure ways out of our predicaments, be they personal, family, economic, or otherwise. We assume we are correct in our opinions, assessments, and calculations, and of other people. And, well, correct in our assumptions, too. We assume we are law-abiding people. Well, for the most part, anyway. Assuming there are always good reasons for any exceptions for ourselves. We assume we are godly and just. We assume we know the Bible pretty well, even though we also admit that we all could know our Bible better. We assume there will come a tomorrow for us because we feel it inside. We think that we will live forever. We assume, therefore, everything will thus be okay. Grace be unto you, and peace from God the Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel text confronts us with a lawyer and some Pharisees who are assumers. The lawyer will test Jesus as he assumes he knows God's law backwards and forwards. Love God, love neighbor. Got it. Do it all the time. The Pharisees are there too. Birds of a feather. They assume that they know as Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They assume they know. They said to him, The son of David. Got it! He said to them, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then 
David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Huh? What? Uh, uh, oh, David's son. Uh, you know, descendant. The lawyer who tested Jesus believed that the law showed you how to get to heaven. He was a Pharisee. The Pharisees extrapolated hundreds of rules from God's law and taught that the way to God's favor and eternal life was by following their rules. They were legalists. They believed that obeying their rules was obeying God. They argued among themselves about which rules were more important than which. Where did Jesus stand? Which rule would Jesus choose? Well, certainly God's law requires us to love, but it's different with rules. You see, it's easier to obey rules than it is to love. You know, that person over there, you know what I mean. You also may have a rule that tells you to go to church on Sunday. That's a good rule. But you can go to church and still despise the word of God in your heart, thinking that his holy teaching is boring and preferring something else. Or perhaps those other people who really needed to hear that sermon this morning. You may have a rule that forbids gambling. That's a good rule, too. Gamblers can win only when their neighbor loses, and you're lucky to break even anyway. But obeying that rule won't make you sincerely desire for your neighbor as much prosperity as you desire for yourself. You see, you cannot produce love by setting down rules. It just doesn't work. God wants our whole heart, our whole life, our whole mind. He demands it all. He made us for himself, and he has the right to demand our loyalty and obedience. Forget about your rules. Love God above everything else. Love your neighbor as yourself. Forget about your rules. But the fact of the matter is that most people would rather have a list of rules to obey because they assume it's easier to obey the rules than it is to love. It is? In order to get to heaven by love and obeying rules, you must be holy, God said. No assumption about that. Nobody's perfect, they say. Nothing sinful can enter into heaven, or it wouldn't be heaven. Obeying rules doesn't make anyone holy. It's not possible for sinners to make themselves into saints. Besides, not assumptions, but common sense tells you that if you do your best to obey the Ten Commandments, you will live a better life than if you ignore them. But it's just as easy to excuse yourself when you break them and ignore them when it's convenient for you. No assumption about that either. Truly, God said through St. Paul, For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the Scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. From Galatians 3. It's a fact that there is inside people, in me, in you, a deep, unfathomable darkness, a wickedness inside of us, what the Bible calls the old nature, 
sin. It lies within you. You cannot and will never remove it on your own. That power and strength no one has. It hates God. It cannot love God. It's not possible. It's not an assumption. It's God's Word. The sin in me and you, it loves self. It doesn't want to do anything for God. It wants to only live for self. The Bible calls this the flesh. The flesh can obey rules, true enough. That's easier, but only to a point. But the old sinful self cannot love. The lawyer was a Pharisee. The Pharisee? A legalist. Obey the rules. Live the life. Talk the talk. Walk the talk. The Pharisees extrapolated hundreds of rules from God's law and taught that the way to God's favor and eternal life was by following their rules. They believed that obeying their rules was obeying God. They were legalists to the max. They argued among themselves about which rules were more important than which. Where did Jesus stand? Which rule would Jesus choose? To the legalist, every theological discussion is self-centered and seeks to gain God's favor by obeying man-made rules. Quite the assumption in light of God's clear word. But the law is given only for this life. The law cannot give eternal life. That was never, not ever, its purpose. You see, the law promises life to those who obey it, and that obedience must arise out of a holy, righteous, pure person and heart, or it won't happen. In the life of ours, we live in this world. No assumption here. In our person, in our heart, the person and heart of every human being, we find only sin and death in us from which we cannot set ourselves free. We are spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. Obedience to God's holy righteous law? Not possible. Attempts at love God above all things and neighbor as self can bring forth only and always failure, imperfection, and damning sin. Only perfect obedience can bring the perfect blessing of heaven, and out of our undeniable sinful heart, it can't happen. Thus Jesus shows lawyer and Pharisee alike, and us. He asks the twofold question, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? Why? Because he only is our one hope and redeemer. That point Jesus made to them clearly. The Christ is the only topic of God's word, the Bible. However, they assumed they were correct and righteous before God, and they were in the kingdom because of it. And they had missed the whole thing in its entirety. They, assuming they knew the scriptures, were thinking, believing, they answered, David's son. The answer to the first question depended on the answer to the second question. They answered the second question correctly, David's son. So far, so good. But then, Jesus quotes a saying of the Holy Spirit from Psalm 110, verse 1. The first line reads, The Lord said to my Lord. The original Hebrew for this is, Yahweh said to Adonai. 
In other words, two persons, not one, are noted in the scriptures. That ultimately means, the Father said to the Son. Then Jesus asks a third question. If therefore David calls Jesus Lord, how can he, Jesus, be his, David's, son? Jesus' enemies had rightly called the Lord the Son of David, but they would not agree that Jesus was either the Christ or also David's Lord. They assumed they understood. They didn't. The text that spoke of Jesus incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born into the Virgin Mary, taking into himself, bearing in his own body, the sin of the world as a substitute for all sinners, the Lamb of God, who went to the cross, crowned with thorns to suffer, bleed, and die for the sin of the world, David calls Jesus, my Lord. God's Word, the Father, tells the Son in prophecy to sit at the right hand of His power until all His enemies will be conquered, until sin, death, and hell are vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. His resurrection proved it. Lawyer and Pharisee didn't get it. The people, they heard Jesus gladly. They were believing in Him, along with Peter and the others, Their confession was becoming, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, the only one who delivered the words of eternal life. So do we. Lawyer and Pharisee, the purpose of our text is Jesus' final attempt before his suffering and death at the cross to bring his enemies to faith. But they refused him. Jesus loved his enemies dearly and wanted to convert them, but they hardened their hearts against him and would not. Only Jesus Christ can change this. You see, it was not over for them, without hope. Faith comes by listening to, by hearing God's word. What to hear? Exactly what you hear. Jesus, God in the flesh, humbled himself and becoming obedient for us unto death. Our death for us. The death he died for us on the cross, bloodily crucified and risen for you, offering, giving, sealing to you the forgiveness of all your sins, the resurrection of the body and life eternal, at the marriage banquet of the Lamb in his kingdom, which shall never end. This Jesus offered himself for the sin and corruption of assuming everything and instead giving us his saving word in the Bible and his precious redeeming sacraments. Why? Out of his love for you and for the world, a love that surpasses all understanding, a love we can only, through the power of God the Holy Spirit, working through God's word, the Bible, believe. A love that is in the flesh for us and our salvation. His name is Jesus. Jesus Wondrous name of love. Name all other names above. Jesus is the love that turns selfishness into generosity and bitterness into mercy. Jesus is a love that attacks the legalistic and unredeemable flesh inside of us. Jesus is a love that changes us, giving us the desire to fear, love, and trust in Him who loved us in our wretched, sinful, loveless blindness 
and elevated us to heaven. We have his word delivering to us Jesus in the flesh together with every blessing he won for us at the cross, even none left out or forgotten, by which Holy Spirit brings us true faith, forgives our sins, and covers us with Christ's own righteousness. His resurrection proves it, confirms it, for you. We are baptized into Christ. Baptism that delivers the Holy Spirit. Faith, the forgiveness of sins, makes one a child of God and heir of life eternal. We have preaching and the absolution, the word of God that always does what it says and gives what it promises, the forgiveness of sins. We have the Lord's Supper, where Jesus said, and Jesus gives for you his true body and his true blood. He gives to you the bread and the wine that with which he procured our salvation and by it delivering forgiveness, life and salvation and strength to love our neighbor right into our mouths. His resurrection is his glorious crowning credential that he is Lord of all and is teaching the truth. Believers cling to Jesus. We live and move and have our being in Jesus. Our lives are lived in the daily repentance of our baptism, and we cling to Christ Jesus so that the new person in Christ can come forth and arise and live before God in the righteousness of faith. You must stake everything on Christ Jesus, bloodily crucified and risen for you. On his word and promises, assumptions be gone. Tenaciously cling to God's saving word and crave his body and blood in his supper for you. And when you behold all resting on Christ by his bloody death and glorious resurrection for you, and then boldly believe this, then you have every assurance from God by his word and sacraments that you are righteous through faith in Jesus, and you have eternal peace with God, victory even over death and the grave, through him. Thanks be to God. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday Divine Service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.